in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma. Hey, Mary. Hey. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am excited about today. I know we have been sharing stories uh, the last couple times, and today we're going to kind of get into a little more of like the meat of some of the things we're going to be talking about. So I think that'll be good. Yeah, will be. I like meat. I like digging deep. My, my I like thing, meat. It's uh, delicious. <laughs> just want to dig right in. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. So basically, we've been talking about stories and how stories are so vital and so important and the the essence of sharing our story and how important it is to that process of integration. So today, I think we're going to kind of jump into what is exactly integration and what does that look like in our life? I feel like in some ways, we hear some of these words like in psychology or whatever about what is integration? What does that mean? I was like sitting on it and praying on it. And I was like, okay. So when I was thinking on that, I was like, so basically it's just getting to somewhere that you want to be, right? Like you see something that you want to be or something in the distance and you're like, but I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not whole. It isn't complete. How do I get to that place, right? I I almost imagine being on the edge of a cliff and I see like 50 feet in the distance, I see an island and I'm like, I want to get there, right? I want to be in that island but there is a chasm between me and that 50 feet. So it seems so like attainable, like I could just touch it. It's just right there, but I can't. How do I get there? And as I was thinking on it, I was like, a bridge from me to that island is integration. That's pulling the two together. So would you kind of agree with that, mom? Yeah, yeah. And I think just as you're talking about, I also see it sort of as this gap, like you're saying the bridge, where the things that we so value that we're saying, wow, this is so important to me, but we continually aren't able to grab hold of it in any way that's tangible or real. And obviously a bridge is a great example of that. I I can't get over there. I can't swim that far. It's unattainable. So what's going to get me to be able to be in the fullness of what I desire, but I'm doing something different? Right. No, exactly. And and I think that really that's feel like what we're going to be talking about so much on these podcasts is is basically as a culture all of us we feel in some way that feeling of being disintegrated which is just the opposite of being integrated disintegration is i was looking that up and it says when something becomes seriously weakened and is divided or ultimately destroyed and i think i can attest for myself where it's like i can't get to that place of wholeness i can't get to that place of who I want to be, of what I know I want to be doing, right? The things I want to be doing, the person that I want to be. And I continue to try harder, jump faster, do the things to try to get to that place. And I can't get there. I think we can all agree that that is like um, 
such a struggle. And we're just like, how, how do I get to that place? You know, I don't want to do these things. I don't want to yell at my kids. I don't want to be impatient. I want to be kind. I want to be loving. I want to be, uh, you know, get these new habits. But how do I get to that place? Yes, yes. So I imagine myself again on that cliff looking over at that island and being like, how do I get there? But I think what starts to happen is on the other side, I start kind of rationalizing, this is fine to be here you know, on this side, I don't really need to get over there. And I start rationalizing and just kind of justifying why I'm on this side of the chasm. And I don't really need to get over there anyway. Right. And I think what starts to happen when we justify and rationalize something that we know, we know at our truest self, that's who we want to be. That is what's most valuable to us. But we kind of block out, check out, uh, numb it, or, or even like actually convince ourselves that that's not even what we want. We want to be over here on this side of the chasm. And when we start doing that, I think that's when that disintegration starts to really happen. And that's when we start seeing all the swirl and the anxiety and, and it goes, it spirals down and down and down and down. So yeah, so that's kind of my very juvenile maybe picture of what integration looks like. So yeah, mom, I know you've, you've had, you know, many more years of just looking at this and counseling and all the things. So just, yeah, maybe some of your thoughts on, on what that looks like. Yeah, I, I, I think that is uh, so real. And I see that so often. But I think what else are we going to do when our core things, even in our deep subconscious that we know are so valuable and important to us, if time and time again, we're not reaching whatever we're going to call the island, you know, a, a new person, a more transformed person, a more authentic person right. living out of those values. If we can't get there, I mean, there does come a point where we can, I think, this disintegration where we're going to like sort of disconnect from who we really are. And now when we right. start living out of a place that is not our core values and we make peace with this pseudo person of who we are, I think this is when it begins to really have impact on our actual yeah. emotions. And we get swirly and swirly until we can just then say, you know what? Like, I, I, I'm I'm good where I am. I'm good. This is good. Right. And so I think that right. that is where things really start to break apart and we can become more disassociated, so to speak, because we have to find a way to make peace with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's all real and I think it's all good. I think we can also get to the edge, like you said, and, you know, we make peace. But even sometimes before that, we we begin to get really swirly and mm -hmm. all that swirl and all that confusion can lead to a place of almost making decisions we don't realize we're making in order to make peace with it. So, yeah, I think those are great points. You know, I think things that we're going to have to say about integration, again, we continue to say we're not coming from an expert position on mental health or how these pieces come together, but we're just naming it so that we, as regular people, that right. we walk together, that we can notice this even even in a less expert way or professional way and just begin to encourage each other in these areas. And, you know, uh, off of this whole subject of integration, of course, Mary, we're all in our circles maybe using that term journey, but we want to make sure that we're all on the same page. At least our listeners know what we mean by that. When I think about a journey, it's so different than if I just say, oh, I'm going on a trip. Something about a journey right. indicates, you know, that durations maybe going to be longer. When you think about a journey, you think about there needs to be some sort of preparations. Like 
I'm really under, and I have to have an understanding of the difference between a weekend trip and a journey, right? So the, so there's this indication of, you know, this duration and, and an intentionality. So I I think it's longer. And then I, I think in a journey, we kind of, we kind of have this idea that there's going to be things along the way that I'm looking right. for, that I'm desiring. And and I also, right. when I think about journey, I think for some reason it conjures up in my mind and what I mean when I'm using that word is there are these destinations along the way. They're going to be beautiful or joyful right? or, right. you know, just something that I love and, and want to do. So I think I, I want us to just reframe this idea of uh, our journey in God versus right going to the right conference, let's say, or reading the right book, or even even this innuendo at times that I can just get with the right counselor, the right person, and and pray some sort of right prayer. And it's just kind of a one and done thing. You know, everything you mean as far as go ahead. You're saying you mean as far as that bridge to integration being that journey. Yes. So this journey right. of integration the whole idea is that I think we can misunderstand that we're just looking for that one miracle or that one right. encounter with God or just that one piece of wisdom. Um, but I think when we step back, we realize, wait a minute, that can't be right. So we just right. want to use this language so that every time you're thinking about integration, you're being reminded by the Holy Spirit and by what we're saying and what you're saying to each other with your communities is that, you know what, this is a journey. This is a marathon. Yeah. It's, it's not a quick sprint because God has right. designed it to be this way because all of this is unto that we're really being changed by him and in his presence. That he, yeah. and, and it's all unto this intimate relationship with him. And I know, again, that sounds so ethereal, but we'll be developing those as, as what we believe are real and true and really such a, a life preserver to us in a day in and day out basis. And so yeah, that, that that journey, we might not see the little seeds of fruit that are coming, the seeds or the fruit. But in reality, this is a lifetime of growing and being more like Christ and right. being changed in our inner man. And then those parts coming together, you know. So, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I think we want to keep both of those words in mind as we move forward. And um, yeah, I think there's a theological word called sanctification, which is how we're becoming more like Christ. And so we're calling that transformation for an easier to understand word. This transformation is happening in a moment by moment, day to day process. So anything you want to add to that, Mary? Yeah, no, I think I think that's amazing. And that's such such a good reminder that it is a journey. Like when I'm sitting on the edge of that cliff and looking out into that island, I just think it's so linear. I'm just like, I just have to get from point A to point B. Yes. And how much more so in our culture, right? We're just yes. like fast food culture. Of yes. like, I want it now. I want to get to that place. And we hear like in, in passing, oh, it takes time. It's the process. It's the journey. But we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but tell me like exactly what to do. And I know something that you and I talk about all the time is that continual thing of it is not a formula. It is not a formula and it is not a one and done. It is a process and it's a journey. And the more that we relent to that, the more that we can just keep taking the next step rather than being like, 
oh, this isn't working. And even thinking about that journey, it's like, but what is the next step? And everybody wants to go to the strategy and how to make it happen and all of those things. And I think as you and I, mom, have processed and just thinking about, okay, how has we feel like the Lord created us as mind, body, and and spirit, which is basically our mind is our soul. So when I imagine those th- three things, body, soul, and spirit, you know, we could imagine them in a pie chart or something like, oh, each gets their own equal part. But I'm like, wait, no, no, no. That's not, as you and I have talked about, like, oh, that is not it at all. And uh, so I immediately was reminded of the food pyramid chart. Like, do you remember that, mom? From, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I do. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if they have those still um, or if they're even still relevant. But those food pyramid charts from when I was like in school and it was like, okay, like this is the food pyramid chart. Like this is at the top. You can have this sometimes. And then there's the middle and then there's the bottom and it was like the part that made up the large part of the triangle right and it was like this is what you need most and so um you know it's kind of simple but I was like yes like that is what I feel like what it looks like when it when we say body at the top soul in that middle tier and uh, spirit at the bottom, meaning that is the foundation, right? So yeah, to, to kind of jump in to just those three, like tiny, tiny briefly, right? Because this episode today is about integration, what that looks like, how are we on the edge of that cliff, looking forward to things and to a person that we want to be, things that we want to be doing, how do we get there? And so we're saying that we're created in this, this three-tiered, the Lord has wired us this way, body, soul, and spirit. And how do those help us in the journey to integration? Okay, so to start, that top tier is, is the body, right? I feel like that is the, the start and the top, but also where so many of us stop. That is the pretty much every self-help book out there, right? Every every podcast that I usually enjoy listening to is like, give me the five steps and all, all the things, right? And I feel like it's it's so our initial reaction, our initial go-to because we want the formula, we want the solution. Uh, but even while I say that, I feel like it's also necessary. There's a reason why it's on that on that food pyramid because there is a part of it that is necessary. So so yeah, mom, just even some of your thoughts on that as far as that being, and I know that we're going to go way more in depth into this, but just as far as that being the top of this pyramid, the body and kind of what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good, Mary. And I I I love that too. You know, I I love visuals. I love stories. They they help me to understand things. So I love that picture. Hopefully you listeners are just picking that up very easily. The triangle with the three parts and they get bigger as they go to the bottom part of the triangle. Um, yeah, I, I want to interject one thing before we yeah. I, I jump into the pyramid. And that is and and the idea in Christianity for for you know a couple thousand years has really been more on a performance basis than it has to do with the idea of having this intimate relationship with God. So yeah. so we want to just address that very briefly right now to tell you that our premise is that that God has created us, Jesus came for yeah. us, and he's always coming for us every day, as Ann Voskamp says, just always coming for you. And I love that picture. Mm-hmm. But in that, the idea is that for many is that, you know, if I do all the do's and keep away from the don'ts, which is performance, of course, right? And and our yeah. idea is that it's Jesus plus nothing. 
and we're not minimizing sin or holiness in any way, but we do want you to know sort of our paradigm as we go forward so that we're just very plain with it. And that is, there's two ways we can choose. And that is, it is the cross plus something else. And so the cross plus something. And, And so we're saying, we believe it's the cross. If there's any plus to it, it's the invitation to sit in the lap of Father God of our Papa God, and to lay our head on the chest of Jesus. So this intimacy is what we see with the son when he was on the earth with the father. That's how he knew what God was showing him to do next and how he was shored up for all that God had called him to do in his time here on earth. So the idea is that we actually grow in our being like him by spending time with him And by thinking on and meditating on and dwelling on the things that are beautiful, holy, and good. And God is good. And the things he does are good. And his destiny for you is good. And all these pieces start to transform our minds, our thoughts, but even our belief systems. So we want to start with that. And now let's jump back into the pyramid. So, you know, I love that the body is the physical. It's the body. It's what people see. It's what they hear, what we say. It's how we dress. It's what we talk about. I mean, everybody has a persona of each other based by what we're seeing and hearing with our brains and our eyes and all the senses. And so, but, you know, the body is earthly. It's, It's natural. And we have a million things that God has designed that body to do in the physical, natural world that's real. And, and again, we don't want to take our head off, so to speak, this top, top part of that pyramid. And we don't want to discount the physical as some of the Gnostics yeah. did in the old, old thousands of years ago, thinking that somehow the physical part is unholy. And so we want to rid ourselves of the physical. We, we don't want to rid ourselves. It's beautiful and glorious yeah. what God has made. So, so that's what I wanted to add about the body part is that it's very significant. And God wants that to come along with us, not us to despise yes. it or block it out, but for that to be sanctified and to be transformed like all the other parts of us. One of the fruits of that is that we're not discarding the washing of the dishes and minimizing yes. the small, lowly tasks that we're called to every day or or despising ourselves because maybe we don't have an education or there's a zillion ways that that can play out in and or overemphasize yeah, the body where we're we're not even looking at the other parts. So that's what I would say generally about the body. Mary, you pick up on the soul. Yes. Yeah. No, that was so good. Yes. I love this because, yeah, you will. You will. I'll just kind of say something and you're like, let's like, yeah, give some language to that. And it's, it's so good. So good. We're a team. Um, so, yes. So, yeah, it's great. And so that next tier, of course, is the soul, um, which, like we talked about, is is the mind, is the emotions, is all of it, right? If the body is what everybody can see and what we're saying, the mind is let's take that a step further. What's actually going on in our head and in our emotions when we're saying that thing. And I heard this awesome thing from somebody one time. It was like, our emotions are this like amazing, beautiful thing. And they are always meant to be invited to the table. That's so good. You know, but, but they also aren't meant to have be the head of the table. Mm. So, and I love that picture that they can have a place at the table, let your emotions have a place at the table, but they're not meant to steer the whole ship. And yet with that, I feel like emotions to me, when I think on it and process like the purpose of our mind, I mean, again, there's so many, right. But, but my, 
one of my feel like one of my main takeaways is that it's meant to be an indicator. Yes. It's like our biggest indicator if of the ship of our spirits and of who we are. It's it's an indicator. And I was talking to my daughter about this the other day of how um, our emotions and our pain is actually such a gift, right? Because it is one of the biggest indicators that something is wrong. When we feel anxious or worried or nervous, like we might say, oh, that's normal to feel anxious. But it really, I mean, isn't normal to feel anxious. It means that something is wrong, that something is off. And so um, it's meant to be that that indicator of something is off here. Something is off. Something needs to be looked at, right? And I feel like a good picture of that is even like when your like little little kid, like, you know, four or five year old, they skin their knee. And we might think, oh, well, it's totally normal for a kid to skin their knee. But to them, they just they just got hurt. Like that hurts them. They're stinging, right? They're feeling the pain. And we could just minimize it and be like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. But instead, we could acknowledge it. We could acknowledge, we could have that emotion, bring it, let it have a place at the table and be like, oh, I know you're in pain. Owie, that hurts. Okay, now let me get a band-aid. Let me cover it up. Like, you know, take a minute. You're not taking an hour. You're taking five, seven minutes, right? I'm so sorry. Okay, let me like sit you on the couch and get you a juice box and, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry. And then again, okay, they've acknowledged it. They've walked it out. They've had a place at the table, but it wasn't like we were making it. We were just sitting at it and staring at it and being overcome, right? And just letting that emotion completely swallow us and paralyze us. So I, I do feel like, and we're going to go way more into this, I feel, but I feel like the the mind and the, the soul is not just necessary. It's a part of who we are. And if we skip past it, um, well, there is really isn't any way to skip past it. It is part of the journey and there's really no way, zero way of getting around it into that place of full integration. Would you kind of agree with that? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, this this part, the soul, is what I feel is my primary calling in this life is soul care and soul yeah. work. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I and I love the analogy of the skin knee because it's perfect and on so many levels. Yeah. I, I could just take that whole thing apart and say all the wonderful things about that as an example of how something can escalate to complete dysregulation of emotions mm-hmm. and way out of proportion. Mm-hmm to completely minimizing that. And for that small child, it's really amazing how these things accumulate. But, you know, we talk a lot about how the body keeps score. That's from a a very famous book written by a brilliant psychiatrist. And it's just so true because we know that our brains actually, and we kind of put this part in the emotional side, our physical brain that comes from that physical body, but how it, um, how it just keeps it records everything it doesn't miss anything and it's all in our subconscious and so the idea is those things are there they're all there but what's beautiful is that neuroscientists have found out that you know a, a good while back that we can make new pathways so we want to say that if you're hearing this right now the first thing that comes to my mind is you know you're like well crap i'm out of luck because i didn't have a mom who acknowledged my skin knees and all the other parts in between Actually, it was just the opposite, and now I'm I'm so far from that. Now I can't even imagine getting back to my myself. It's like I'm tethered and I'm in outer space, just floating. I mean, we understand yeah. every one of those kinds of responses because yeah. they've happened to both yeah. Mary and I, and many people we know along the way. So I just want to say that even by God's grace and His design, I just 
want to speak to you to say that these parts we're talking about, the wonderful thing about in God is that he designed us. And there are ways, many ways, and not even fancy, hard ways. But just by sitting with him, he can do things for you that no one else can. So I I just want to encourage you as we get into some of this nitty gritty, not to be overcome or overwhelmed, but it is so much more simple than you might think. And I certainly don't want to minimize the complex things that any one of you are dealing with. But at the same time, I, I do want to just say on this point of the pyramid of the soul, that is that yeah. this matters to God deeply. And I think when you think about your relationship with God, it's very easy for many of you to invite God into today. And even in your fear of tomorrow, sort of maybe hope he'll be there for tomorrow. But I'm suggesting that as we work through this more and more, we're going to see that some of those early origins in our life, uh, that's our past. But Jesus just says, just invite me in. You're not going to be alone. Yeah. When you, when you go into these places to just sit and that I'll be there with you. So, so I think begin to take some of the fear out of these parts of us that maybe are broken and just begin to believe and have hope that there, there is a journey back and it doesn't have to be one and done. It doesn't have to be overnight, but that God can immediately begin to change those emotions that we have and we can take them to him. And just by acknowledging them instead of blocking them out, you will you will be amazed. And this can happen in just telling your story, even to a friend. It's amazing what happens when the hidden unseen things are spoken in the light and how God yes. can begin to take the sting of the paralyzation of fear away because it's easy for us to say it doesn't matter that's in the past. But it matters to you and it matters to Jesus. Yes. And it matters to your children and your marriage and to everything. So uh, so this part of the soul, this is the part we're saying in Christianity today, we're seeing it very disconnected to right. all the ethereal things we have to say about God and believe about God. And it's definitely disconnected from our body as well. So these are the parts we're, we're talking about. And so, Mary, why don't you take us to the largest part of that pyramid, which we think is obviously very significant yes that yes that bottom the bottom tier right yes. the spirit and uh, or the bottom part of that foundation and I was kind of praying and processing like okay and I think even a lot of us maybe would agree like yes that is the most important right but yet we still keep kind of overlooking it consciously subconsciously and so as I was thinking on that and praying on that I was like okay Lord like give me a picture like I don't know and as I was thinking about the three tiers right that pyramid I was thinking about a house like an old house and I was thinking how the body that top is kind of like the finishing touches of the house the interior design it's what uh, makes up the house when you walk in like, does the house feel peaceful and inviting? Is it cozy and welcoming, right? When you peek in, do you feel like it's been like tended to and taken care of? It's all those important things that we love about a house. It's the things that we see and you notice when it's not been kept up and you appreciate the value of like a well-maintained and like visibly, you know, appealing and aesthetic house. There's so many benefits to that. So then I, I imagine the mind or the soul, the soul as being like the layout of the house okay so it's what you can do with that space inside the four walls so where the walls and the doors and like the function of the rooms come into play and it really does greatly affect 
everything. So mm. you could have like a beautiful looking house and it be super well maintained and look really nice. But if the layout is totally off, it kind of messes up everything. It doesn't really matter how pretty it is. Okay. So here's a little example real quick. Um, mom, you know this. I remember we bought a house like eight, eight or nine years ago. We just moved like six months ago, but we were looking for a house about eight years ago and we kind of were thinking about getting a fixer upper house. So we, we found this one house and nobody, nobody was like fighting us on it. Meaning other houses that were like, oh yeah, there's other bids. And we're like, okay, like, I wonder why, like, it seems like a nice house. Right. And we go in and, and it really was like, it wasn't in shambles. It wasn't like some of the other houses that we were looking at that were totally like you know, super, super rough. I wasn't super bad. And the kitchen had even been updated, but the kitchen was like this retro fire engine red. I can't even fathom. Uh, yeah. What, <laughs> what they were thinking with that. But anyway, it was like mind boggling anyways. But the real kicker was the living room and the living room was actually a pretty decent size, but inside the living room, there was another room, like a legit room there was floor to ceiling windows in a room. So a room within a room, you could see in and out of this room that was inside the living room. And it had a giant in-ground hot tub in this room. Okay. So you go into your living room and in the living room, there is another room with floor to ceiling windows that you can see in and out of. And there is a giant built-in hot tub. Like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen from then till now to anywhere else. And apparently some like super eccentric lawyer bought it back in the eighties and like just had, had a heyday with his house and redid it. And I'm like, I don't even want to know. Right. But it was just so bizarre. Okay. So it was like all of a sudden it didn't matter. It didn't matter how cute or how well-maintained that living room was, all I could see was that room inside of the living room. And my realtor kept trying to be like, oh no, but look at the look at the carpet. It's so nice. Or look at this. And my eyes were locked <laughs> on that living room in-ground hot tub. And I'm like, that thing is like, th th that's just, I can't do it. But okay, so, but that's for a lot of us, I feel like we stop. We may acknowledge that our, our mind and our emotions. So if that layout, if that's our mind and our emotions, we basically are like, what? Like, that's insane. I can't do that. We feel that that's our that's our stopping place. That's our uh, boulder in the road. And we're like, I can't I can't go any further than that. So it does play a super valuable role in being that indicator like we've talked about. Right. That indicator. But I think what starts to happen is we think, OK, well, I just need to be less negative. I just need to tear this out. Like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Clearly, this isn't working, but I, I just I just need to do something to make it work better. Um. So and that's when I feel like our foundation comes into play. That's our spirit, the deepest place that we're living out of. It's it's the who we're created to be. It's our heart, our, our spirit. It's all of those things, right? And I think it goes without saying, back to this house picture, that it doesn't matter how cute that house is that we bought eight years ago. And it doesn't even matter if I ripped out because that super weird hot tub room and gutted the super bizarre galley retro hot like fire engine red uh, kitchen. Okay. So even if I did all those things, right, I'm acknowledging the pain and I'm, I'm or acknowledging the emotion and the, the layout, right? I'm acknowledging all those things. But if the foundation was trash, then it wouldn't even... you you couldn't do anything. And so it it all starts with with that foundation and we actually 
we we talked with a realtor and we said, okay, like we're willing to gut it and do all these things. And then we're like, but but before we do any of those things, we have to get a, a structural engineer to come out because if there's cracks all over that foundation, then there's no point to even look at it. And I, I'm saying that because obviously it's not a lost cause if we see that there's something wrong in our foundation. But I will say that it is very telling, right? It's very telling. It's 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 to get us to that place. And that's where I feel like this whole pyramid is, is the body gets you to the mind and gets you to the soul. And then the soul is that indicator that says, oh, oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong even on a deeper level. And then it takes you to that foundational place and it takes you and shows you, oh, oh, okay. There's cracks in this foundation. Oh, well, well, there's no point to even go any further than that. We have to address these cracks in the foundation. So anyway, that was a super long story to kind of tell you and share or, you know, kind of what my thoughts are on what the definition of what I feel like that that looks like, that foundation. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, I'm I'm seeing that house because I, I saw that house when it still had that, right. when you were still looking at it. But yeah, again, you know, even simple pictures, I'm a very, very simplistic person. So I love the picture of a house with a foundation. Yeah. And in the future, I I do want to talk a lot more about foundations, of course. I love that analogy, and I think it's so easy for all of us to relate to. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, if you've ever owned a house or you have any structural problems, you know that those cracks in that foundation, they actually are going to take a sacrifice because they're usually the most expensive thing that's going to have to be done on a house. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very sacrificial of your money and your time yeah. for that house, a delay of getting in, and it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you something. And I, and I don't right. want to minimize that, you know, there, there's a term, you know, doing the work. I'm not sure how I yeah. feel about that term, but I think it kind of extends to the old term from the 70s, no pain, no gain. And that was related to working out at a gym. Because at a gym, the idea is to, when you're lifting weights, you're actually tearing muscle so that it can be built up again. But make no mistake, there is an intentionality. There is a process. And, um, and so there, there is something that it costs us. I I would just add to the spirit part, just that we are made in the image of God. Um, He has purpose for us and our identity, who he says we are, all these parts so there are so many beautiful things when we gaze into the face of our creator, designer God, of a God that was willing uh, to sacrifice his only son. Those things just are probably terms maybe you haven't sat on long enough, but I'm telling you that in those depths of who he is and all that he's created and all that he has for you, I think peering into those things in and of themselves are extremely healing. I know that the Bible teaches that, but I know that I and many others have been more transformed and healed by that one process of sitting with him in things that are painful. And as Mary said, pain is an indicator. And so when we can begin to look at our narrative and not excusing any of the things that have happened to us or even the things we've done ourselves, But that when we can begin to change our lens, maybe we can consider that God actually had something in mind that was going to be his mercy. And again, I'm very gentle when I tap into that because I know that that can trigger a lot of you. 
So, but, but we're not going to get into that today, but there'll be a day that we will. And so I just want to say that there's probably not much of anything that you could have been dealing with or can be afraid to deal with that I haven't seen or heard. Uh, And often most of those things have been in my own life. So we just want you to start out with a level of freedom that knowing these are hard subjects. It's an invitation. You don't have to, but we're just inviting you to begin to look at these pieces of our lives when we're talking about very practical things or very spiritual things because we think they're all one and the same. And that we want God to be invited into all the parts of your life. There's nothing that's not sacred in the hands and the destiny of, of a holy creator. So everything is is beautiful to him and everything is valuable to him because you're his child. So there's nothing too small and nothing too large. So that's what I would say about the spirit part uh, for now. And Mary, yes, why don't you just take I us back, it. close us out and say what might be coming next? Yes, I love that. I love that. And that is such a great reminder, mom, of just, again, I think sometimes we can even hear that and be like, yeah, okay, there's cracks in my foundation. Well, I guess that's it then, you know? Um, And it's like, no, like just inviting the Lord into that place is, is enough. And again, back to more than enough, like he is more than enough, you know, he's more than enough to shore up that foundation. He's more than enough to fill in the gaps and the cracks in our foundation but we have to be willing to go down to the basement, look at yes. those cracks and say, okay, there's a crack here. Like it goes deeper than our body, goes deeper than our soul and our emotions. There is a crack in the foundation of my narrative, the foundation of my belief system. Lord, if you do not shore this up, there is nothing to build off of. I think that's so, so key, so everything. And as we continue to move forward. We will continue to develop these things. We will continue to invite people on to, again, share stories to help us to glean and help us to feel like we are getting windows into other people who are walking out this process of integration so that we can cheer them on while they're doing what they're doing and also glean some nuggets that they have to give us. So yeah, I think next week we'll be diving in just a little bit into some of each of those tiers And yeah, I think we'll start with what foundation looks like. Maybe we'll kind of talk about the role that the foundation plays. Also, how do we know if our foundation is cracked, right? How do we know if our foundation is cracked? How can we see that for ourselves? And what does that look like? So so yeah, I think this is a great place to, to jump off of and... Yeah, I think this has been good. I mean, I feel super encouraged. So (laughs) me too, me too. (laughs) Yes, yes. All right, mama, I'll probably talk to you here in like 30 minutes. But yes, we will (laughs) talk to you later. Talk to you guys later. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.